We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 510. The Yankees made a move. Jamison Tyon, after 15 minutes of Googling to figure out how to pronounce his last name, I am 99.9% sure it's Tyon because I found a Sportsnet Pittsburgh broadcast that introduced the man. And you know what? The Yankees got Corey Kluber. They signed Corey Kluber. I am far more excited about the Tyon acquisition than I am Corey Kluber. I feel like at least... 
I don't know why. Maybe it's just a trade and it's not the Yankees going back to the well of, let's see if this previously all-star level player can recapture some magic and stay healthy and let's bet and let's sort of gamble on that. I understand Tyon has his own injury history, but at least he's on the younger end. At least there's some new upside there, right? That like the unknown is exciting. I guess I, I'm, I feel like you're talking yourself into this one. I'm, I'm very excited about this one because yes, the guy has injury history. He's, he's back from his second Tommy Tommy John. That's a rare club. That's a rare club. Him and Nathan Avaldi talking about bionic their bionic arms, elbows. Baby. But so he's been ready to throw going on bullpens since September of last year. Like the guy was, you know, trying to get into games and he's got all the upside in the world. Like that's the beauty about him. You say he's young. He's 29 years old. So he's youngish. He's, he's, he's under 30. That's good. He's younger than me. He's, <laughs> he's youngish. And He's got pedigree, like unbelievable pedigree. And not too long ago, 2018, he showed what he could do. He had a very good season and threw yeah. a lot of innings. So I'm very excited about this because I think this is this is exactly what Cashman does. This is what we were talking about. This was the way that they were going to add. They were going to find the opportunities across baseball. Cashman was going to look for these opportunities and, and make a trade that was a, a low... Um, a low value for uh, against the cap for this year and and probably trade minor leaguers. They didn't give anything up. If you want to look at no. uh, Miguel, uh, I'm sorry, Miguel Yahor, like Yohore. he was probably the one that that you'd be looking at. Be like, okay, we saw him a little bit. He did show some decent stuff, but again, not. The Yankees have a, they have, have a half a, a dozen of, of Miguel Yahores in the minors that hard right-handed throwing yes. pitchers that like are probably bullpen arms at yes. some point. They have. Uh, a solid handful of them. And they're all pretty damn close to each other as far as what the upside is. The all of them just need to have some control. If they have control, they will get uh they will get an opportunity. That being said, this is a starting pitcher, 6'5, uh, former number two pick a long time ago, but a former number two pick. Owen, oh, by the way, one of his best friends, if not his best friend in baseball, is Garrett Cole. To yeah, me, wasn't there- that's a big deal. Someone posted in our group chat some something from Instagram stories of the two of them. Yeah, someone posted that, that's not current, right? That's not a current. I picture. will I will believe that it's from yesterday. It's, Did you look I have at no where idea they were? They, they looked like they were in a. They looked like they were in a college kitchen. No, no, like no I think they were just hanging out in like, a, in like a basement bar or something, drinking some wine. That's what it looked like they were doing. I think that that uh, it, yeah, it very well could have been. I I think that's an old picture from their picture. It's not a picture. It's a video. Not, it's on his Instagram. He literally, uh, it was a it's video? on Garrett Cole's. It's a it's a gif. It's a back and forth. Yeah, of him cheersing. Yeah. I, Who cares I if like it's that's... from old? It doesn't matter. Here's the thing: they're no, friends, it and it's matter. beautiful. And the fact that he, I've heard multiple interviews now of this guy talking uh, a couple of other podcasts that you know that he just wasn't at a level of maturity when when he was with Garrett Cole to be on that level where Garrett Cole's like years above beyond anybody else. Now he's at a point where he can start to 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 drink that water a little bit more. Let's uh you know drink that Gatorade. And I think Garrett Cole is gonna have a good impact. Obviously the the biggest thing here is if this guy can stay healthy. This this I, I what I'm about to say I know really has no no basis in in reality or anything like that. They, they are, so this I don't put in the same category as Cashman trying to trade for James Paxson or trying to trade for Sonny Gray or even um, 
uh, Pineda. It, it, those guys it's much were brought risk. in much low risk. The, well, those guys were brought in to be potentially the Yankees' ace. They all had ace potential, or they were aces on their previous team. They were brought in to save the Yankees' rotation, and there was pretty decent prospects going back to the other team. Number in one prospects Pineda's. in two of those cases. Yeah, in Pineda's case, it was it was uh, Jesus Montero, who I know flopped completely, but he was the Yankees' number one prospect at the time and, and was projecting to be a damn good hitter when he was with the Yankees. And in Sonny Gray's case, they gave some injury risk guys, but three, all was in the top seven, I Caprillion believe, was a, of the Yankees' farm was system. was the top five, I believe, at the time. He was, he was no, going like all. All three of the players that they traded to Oakland were in the top seven of the Yankees system when they when they traded him at the time. And then for James Paxton, Justice Sheffield was the Yankees' number one pitching prospect when they made that trade. So those are much more high-profile prospects going to the other team. And the pitchers coming to the Yankees were had a lot higher expectations. This one's lower. This is a lower radar move. James Tyon, Jamison Tyon is not expected to be the Yankees' number one pitcher. He's not even expected to be the Yankees' number two pitcher. And maybe it's foolish, but that gives me more confidence he'll actually contribute and 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 help. But the but the biggest thing for him is that his injury history. So that's that's the biggest thing for him. The you're you're a uh, yeah two Tommy John. Your expectations are managed. Risky. Your expectations are managed. That that's that's the number one thing for you. You can't have expectations that are higher. Or if 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 Garrett Cole wasn't here, you would not like this move because you would see it as trying to. Dig up a number one somewhere, and, don't and like you trying put words, to don't like you put thoughts in my mind, words in my trying mind, to manipulate a that. trade, and then seeing potential, and then no. not actually going after it. That's what you would think. No, because there's nothing in this guy's history that says he's a number one pitcher. He had a good season in 2018. He's not not a number one season in 2018. It was though. it was a solid. He's, it was a very good season. Yes, I know that in, in the National League, in the National League Central, it's 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 just different. The the as we talked about. Uh, I mean, the National League Central is pretty ago. But the American League East specifically for offense is like the top division in baseball for the last 10 yeah, years. Yeah, so he's had some rest. He's it, good. He's got. A, he's had a year and a half off. And there's certainly risk because now potentially when, by the time July rolls around of 2021, the Yankees are relying on two pitchers in their starting rotation in their first season back from Tommy Johnson. Yeah, for sure. Severino, Severino and Tyon. Uh and who knows, if Miguel Yajuri turns into a number one pitcher in Pittsburgh, we're going to say, Brian Cashman, you stupid moron, why'd you make that trade? But I don't think any of those prospects that the Yankees gave up are going to turn into awesome players for the for the Pirates. They're all kind of lottery ticket prospect guys. It was a good move. It was an absolutely, it was a, it was a, it was a shrewd move. They, they uh, were talking about I've, I've read a, a bunch about this trade and what the talks were with Cashman. And apparently they were in on Musgrove as well. Yeah, but they did not. Which made me happy because we talked about that last week. I was like, why wasn't it even rumored the Yankees were in on Musgrove? But they were. But they so. were. And yeah. what what Cashman decided to do was not go after him and and take that, that I guess, bigger risk with Jamison Tyon. I, I guarantee a lot of teams were extremely scared away because of these surgeries. And for whatever reason, the Yankees feel good about the uh, the the where he is in the health. He's definitely you know tried to uh, revamp some mechanics. If you look at him throwing now and where he was, he's put out some videos of him throwing uh, just before around Christmas time and uh, early in the month, and you can certainly see the shorter arm loop. Like it's he he doesn't go back as far. If you look at some of the older pictures of Tyon uh, in Pittsburgh, you see that ball 
like all the way above his head, behind his back, like really high and, and outstretched. And you could just, you know, if you if you can continue that uh, that arc in your mind, you can see the big looping arm uh, swing. And and there's a lot of torque on the elbow when you're doing that. So they're definitely trying to comfort and and you know cradle that elbow and make sure it doesn't you know hopefully doesn't get into another bad position. So how much of the decision to not go after Musgrove as hard or or not make a trade for Musgrove and decide to trade for Tyon was due to their salary? Because Musgrove is due $4.45 million this coming season and Tyon is due change. 2.25, so about half. They're both arbitra- under arbitration for the following season and then they're both free agents in 2023. So their timeline is different. It's just that Tyon makes about half right now as what Musgrove makes. Well, I'm sure also had... I mean, there were maybe some considerations there, but I feel like with that amount of money, you could move things around and make it work if you needed to. But there was a higher prospect pool that was that was needed um, for, for that trade. And Tyon was a better value. I mean, if you can get a guy who's coming out pitching, if, again, if he's healthy, I think it's a win. That's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. If, if he can pitch to a, you know, pitch this season, the chances are he's going to pitch pretty well because he's a good pitcher. So I, I like the move. I really do. And the fact is that Musgrove was probably going to be a much bigger and, and more expensive pool. Maybe they were asking for a major league player in Andujar or Frazier, who knows, but I'm happy with this. I, I am. I, I think this no, is a I'm happy a with it move. too. I, I don't want to get carried away. Like you were talking about managing expectations. This is not a, you stick them behind Garrett Cole in the playoffs and, and you're confident against anyone he's going but up it, against. That's not the type of pitcher That's not true. Is. It very well could be. It very well could be. Because if he's pitching to that 2018 stat line, he's a damn good pitcher. That's a, that's yes, a solid I, number I, two. I, I know that, but that is over a year ago. It's two years ago plus a Tommy John surgery ago. Right. So, which makes me feel better because sh- the Tommy John surgery is now we're we're getting into well into our second year, which is when we actually start to see these guys sure. throwing much better. So his so rehab is in a good place on the too. Tommy John. He had the surgery August of 2019. So by the time August of this year rolls around, two years removed from that surgery, whereas Severino is only a year out from the surgery as we speak right, right now. I mean, he had surgery last February, end of last February. I think it was February 26th is when Severino had the surgery of last year. So he's he, he's not going to reach that two-year mark until next spring. No, break. but he's going to be well into that second year. So I think Severino at the end of the... I think another thing what this does is it just buys more time for Severino, which I think they're trying to do because they're certainly not going to rush him back. And if you put him towards the end of this season, middle end of this season, you're well into year two for him as well. And and you're hopefully going to see, you know, better results physically, you know, him him making cleaner mechanical changes and things like that. So can I actually read a mailbag question? Because it talks about that very yeah. thing. It's from Kyle. In, this was sent before the tie-on trade, just FYI, but it, it dovetails nicely into what we're, what we're discussing. He says, hey guys, pumped I found the show this past year and appreciate all you guys do. Talking about the upcoming season and hearing what you guys touched on, first, is pitching really our biggest worry? I feel like our pitching is kind of held up for the most part and seems pretty much the same next year, if not better. Last year, our playoff hitting was garbage. We've got to put up runs and I'm tired of seeing Judge Stanton Torres, Stanton and Co. strike out. Uh, starting pitching, can you guys dissect what you really think about 
with Debbie Garcia. I think this kid looks good and has a ton of potential. For the second half of the season, could we see Cole Severino, Kluber, Debbie, and Montgomery? Thanks, fellas. Keep up the good work. Now we know we're going to be adding Tyon to that mix as well. But the part I want to talk about, I read a study published in 2017 about pitcher performance following Tommy John surgery. Because I think now, especially with two guys on the roster, it's extremely important. The estimated time for recovery is 12 to, fi- 12 to 15 months. The average return to competition is 452 days. That is the average for all of the pitchers that they looked at returning to action. That means returning to a major league mound, not returning to a, a spring training mound or anything like that or a recovery mound. So Sevy had surgery February 27th. Actually, I was one day off. So February 27th. That means his timetable to return to competition puts him somewhere in March to May of 2021. Cashman, do you remember in his press conference, said could be June, could be July, could be earlier, could be later. It's probably going to be later. You agree? Yeah. I, I, and, I, and I think a move like this, the fact that they have all this depth. Look, I was pining for them to go out and make a big move with pitching because they had the ability to do that. Uh, because the rosters, the roster played out that way. They had the, they have a, available spots on the major league roster for a major league pitcher, and they could have made a trade or made a big free agent splash and been good because they have these minor league guys who can stay in the minor leagues for a little bit. That's not exactly what they did. They made a couple moves, you know, but they added bodies, so they they went halfway there. They went halfway there, maybe even a little further than halfway there. They added bodies that have serious potential, right? Kluber, um, you know, we talked about this last week. I think his potential is extremely curbed. I don't think it's what everybody thinks it is. Jamison Tyon, though, I think does have a, a very, very high ceiling. If he's healthy, he's got he's got all of the ability in the world, and I think there's a very high ceiling there. That said, we have so, bought time. There are there are a, a ton of arms right now that can contribute today on the major league roster, and that's a right, very good and, and thing. Some of them. You got to find two out of the the lot of arms behind Garrett Cole, two that you have confidence with pitch, pitching in October. That's the goal for the, the regular season. Find two out of the seven to to have confidence going into October. But the, that study continues that it found anecdotal evidence and it talked to, um, or sorry, it found anecdotal evidence and it also looked at actual data to find, for whatever reason, teams ease their pitchers back into their full workload in the first season back from Tommy John surgery. However, there's no evidence to directly link workload and injury following a Tommy John surgery. Does that make sense? So teams I still take a slow approach with their pitchers. They don't have them pitch full innings. They have them on pitch counts, etc. However, there's no evidence to suggest that if a pitcher goes back into his full workload in his season following Tommy John surgery, that it's going to directly lead to the same injury again. But I don't think it's always just about leading to the same injury. I think it's also about finding your mechanics, finding the yeah. the you know the confidence level for the pitcher on the mound to get back to where he was before surgery. So there's a lot of other things that that play into this besides them potentially getting re-injured. And I think most of the time. What we see the year after a Tommy John surgery, when a guy comes back, yes, he's physically ready to come back. He's back, but he's not pitching to the same, you know, the same lines that he would uh, before the surgery. 
you don't see this the a lot of the, the same sharpness of the on the pitches the the location is you know it takes a little while to come back and again that confidence i think that confidence is the biggest thing it just takes them to you know it takes a a, a beat for them to get back to the major league pitcher that they think they can be so that's more to me why I think them bringing him slowly along, build his confidence up, make sure that the pitchers are refined, all of those things, rather than the the pitch load. So they they have the ability to do that now. He doesn't need to be, you know, mediocre on the major league level. He can work on it behind the scenes. And to Kyle's question about what we think about Debbie Garcia, his stats for 2020, he threw 34 and a third innings, 4.98 ERA. Playoff playoff point one game, game two playoff starter. Big, big start in game two of the playoffs. 4.15 FIP. His stat cast ranks are actually underwhelming, but I kind of want to just throw the caveat of only 34 innings in there. His best metric was walk percentage. He ranked near the top of the league in, in walk percentage, which is good. But he allowed hard hit. He, he allowed high exit velocity. High, he got hit kind of hard when guys made contact. Barrel percentage was bad. Whiff percentage was bad. He had good curve spin rate as well. However, if you remember that start against Boston, he just didn't have his curveball and he got crushed. So I feel like that curveball is an X-factor pitch for Garcia. Is that when his curveball is on, it kind of opens up his fastball and his changeup. But when his curveball is not on, he he's pretty hittable. At least that's what we saw in 2020. I just don't think we saw enough to to really get a, ga- a gauge of what he is long term. I think we saw flashes of what he can be and, and we saw his deception and I'll I'll take really from what we saw in Davey Garcia in 20, 2020 was just for me, all I test. Like I, I, these numbers don't really mean that much to me because there's just the sample size is this? too small. Would you take Zip's 2021 projections for him? If, if you could say right now, I'll take that or nope, I'll roll the dice. 112 innings pitch, 4.31 ERA. 4.31 year, 100 and, um, yeah, I, I bet that's not a full season. I bet that's pretty close. Yeah. So when you're talking like about s- expectations, yeah, I'd like to see him take another step. I'd like to see that, that that short stint in 2020 did him well for 21, and, and he'd be able to, like, the kid doesn't get phased, is what we saw. It's a matter of him just no. being sharp and preparing for a major league season. I think that will be a big deal for him coming in now that he's already kind of gotten that out of the way. Totally. But I think when when like Kyle's question about oh well we have Debbie Garcia as a, as another guy in the rotation I mean projections you even just said I think that's pretty close 112 innings at a 4.31 ERA how much of an impact is that really it depends when those are felt like is are those beginning of the season you know as a bridge to get to some other guys are they at the end of the season to you know get but if he's taking a 4.31 ERA into September yeah, he's not a playoff like, starter. Wow, I can't I can't wait for Devi Garcia to take the ball in game 2 or game 3 of the playoffs. No. You're kind of like, well if we get to a game 4, flip a coin, is it going to be Garcia? Is it going to be Montgomery? Is it going to be Clark Schmidt? Like that's where he is. Probably that's a realistic expectation is he might start a playoff game and you kind of flip it a coin with him on the mound. That's just the reality. Yeah, and that's fine. I I don't think that the way that they have this thing set up, they're not expecting him to take a playoff start by any means. That said, if one of these young guys steps up and, and you know, flashes and is able to, you know, take a bigger step than they're expecting, then they have the, they, they certainly have the potential. Like what to Kyle's point, he's exciting because he's got that potential. Yes. Like that's there. Yep. We saw the potential in him. He's got to work on something. He's a young kid. So there's a lot of things that, that he has to get better at, but, uh, but certainly like the demeanor of him, the the talent that he has, 
is is there. I mean, we're seeing this guy. I mean, you're you're showing me that the barrel percentage was not great and the whiff percentage was not great. But what I saw was that his fastball had you know deceptive velocity because he has he he hides yep. it a bit, and they were having a very uh, the opposing hitters were having a difficult time. Picking small up, sample. yeah, small sample. Picking up that that uh, that fastball, and when you have deception in that fastball, and you are you know replicating that same motion and that same delivery for that changeup, you're going to get a lot of guys swinging and missing because there's the variance between the two speeds. It doesn't at that at that point it doesn't necessarily matter as much you know your top level speed. So I I like what I saw. So I'm I'm looking at the uh, Tyon stats right now, and he's got less than a home run per nine innings allowed yep. in his career so far. So that's, that's go back to that 2018 gonna... season and check it out because it's an impressive season. Uh, he was ninth in ERA, ninth in FIP. I tweeted a FIP stat. I can't believe I did that. I know. A, did, so were you about to, when you when you drafted that tweet? Did you not have FIP originally? Then you're like, you know what? I've heard Andrew talking about this FIP. I had to thing. Google like, FIP first. I was like, there. FIP. I think it's is a FUP or FIP something like that. I had to Google it. I had to look up what it meant. Then I had to look up um, the person who was the best at it. So I could get a, so I could get a, you know, a top level barometer. You used it, but do you know why it's impressive? Yes, because it takes the fielders out of play. It, it it tells you, you know, the result of, of the pitch essentially, you know, once no, it's but batted. So the, what, what I like to do is good, I look at I've told ER. you FIP is one of the ones that I actually like. I think it's a good stat. No, no, I, I just this is this is for the edumacation of all the all the listeners too, in case they want to be edumacated. Uh and not that I by any means am don't talk, the don't, most don't, edumacated. Don't patronize our listeners, please. I'm gonna have this. Uh so what I like to do is I say, okay, I look at his ERA, because ERA is a is a old school stat that we all know and love and we all can understand. Three point two zero ERA. Beautiful. Then I look at his FIP, and if his FIP is close, then I then my mind says that ERA is legit. Okay, so his FIP that season was 3.46. Close, yeah. very close. That ERA was legit. However, if you looked at that 3.20 ERA and then saw a 4.15 FIP, you'd say, eh, that ERA is not legit. That was likely to come up. Because so that's he was getting lucky. FIP, is that? Yes, exactly. Because ERA has luck involved. There's fielder luck. There's, there, there's, you'd have to have a lot variable. of luck for, to, for a 4.2 FIP and a, and a 3.2 ERA, no? If it's over over no, that happened, that 191 that innings, well, over 191 innings, it probably would would sustain itself, and the ERA would start to come up. You're right about that. But say it was 105 innings, there could be a variance. Then it was it could be a variance there. So the the thing I'll go back to in that in that year is yes, I know he had Tommy John surgery. There's there's a couple of things. If you're looking at if you're looking at his stats from 18 and 19 when he got hurt, there's two things that stuck out to me. One in 18. 191 innings pitch. Love that. Absolutely love that. I think it was top 10 in the league. Uh, and there were a bunch of people uh, bunched up at the top. So it was um, it was only a few innings off of the top uh, person in the National League. ERA and FIP were, I think, tied for ninth in the league. So he's among the top 10 in the National League in a lot of these stats. When you look at 2000... Pittsburgh's a good place to pitch, too. Let's also when you look at 2000, understand that. When you look at 2019, look at the... If you're... I don't know what you have up, but if you have... Um, I got fair So look at the difference between the sliders. <laughs> Also, there was a major, and again, the small amount of innings, because I think he only pitched like 39 innings. 37, 37 innings, innings in 2019. But, but his slider percentage was up. And when you think about his delivery and what you what you have to do with your arm uh, when you throw a slider, there's definitely more torque on your elbow at that point. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if that's just a coincidence, but he definitely upped his slider 
uh, percentage that year. I think it was up to like 39% or something like that. It was, it was much higher. Um, so the the whole the I, I mentioned earlier less than a home run per nine innings allowed in his career, and I was expecting his ground ball rate to be a lot higher. I mean his 50, ground 50. ball rate, yeah, which is is decent, but it's not like it's not crazy high. Like by no means is he a ground ball right. pitcher. Is what I'm I was saying. I was looking at at that um, too because I thought the exact same thing. It's funny, and then I went back to Garrett Cole's stats. I was looking to see what what Cole was. He's like forty forty pretty close. 45%. They're both pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And and Garrett Cole gave up like two home runs per nine innings last year. So, um, yeah, but I mean, that also might be a product of pitching in Pittsburgh. Like I said, Pittsburgh's a good place to pitch. Yeah, that's true, too. Some of those fly balls. And, and he's going to be coming to Yankee Stadium. He's going to be pitching in Fenway, Toronto, Baltimore, all these places. Oh, is that where you Allow pitch? a lot of home pitch? runs. Those are, those are, those yeah. Are, those, are, those are places don't, don't in the American League. Ass. Don't be a wise the, ass. Um, I'm interested. The other, so we know the injury. That's one of the, obviously, the thing that we have to look for. The the second thing that, you know, assuming health at this point, we got to look to see how he is making adjustments and how he's, you know, reacting to these pitching mechanic changes as well. You're shortening your arm swing. That, that's a that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big delivery, you know, difference and not going all the way back. So being able to, one, keep the velocity up, which I, I've seen reports that he's 95, 96, he's, he's still popping the glove. Um you know, is he yeah, the, is he able to repeat the, that? Is he going to mechanical get, elbow? Is he going to get? But, he, but we don't know if he's going to get back into bad bad habits and getting all the way back there, or if he's able to really be disciplined and stay. Isn't that what Matt Blake is this for? new thing? Well, Matt, if he can do it with a computer, yeah. I don't know if he's physically able to like touch his elbow. Or, is Matt Blake allowed to touch the players? No, no, especially not during COVID. No, no, touching. no touching. But even after COVID, I'm not sure Matt Blake's allowed to touch the players. Get behind the computer, nerd. <laughs> Tell us what you see. Don't. He's only don't allowed to come view them through me. a glass window. Yeah. You're not. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to talk to me. He looks so nervous when he went out to the mound every single time. The uh, so Buster Olney was tweeting. You mentioned this a few minutes ago that Garrett Cole and him are are friends, and like the Yankees got a recommendation from Cole, basically yeah. that this guy, yes, you want to trade for this guy. Now let um, me ask you a question. You're, buy, you're buying that. You're drinking that. Oh, Kool-Aid? I'm definitely drinking that Kool Aid. Are you kidding me? This is this is exactly the Kool Aid I want. <laughs> I know where they you're are, going with they, this. Oh, no, no, no. Let me let me go there then, please. Let me go there. Oh, so good. <laughs> does Kyle Higgy does does Higgy now become <laughs> the starting catcher for the New York Yankees? Yes. Because he's now catching catching two. You fits. know, Tyon's going to go to go to uh, Garrett Cole's personal catcher. Yes, I love it. Yes, that's our number two, uh, and number no. one, and number two pitcher. Garrett Cole, this is just a long con. This is a ploy by Garrett Cole to get Higgy the starting job. He's just bringing in guys that will all require Higgy to be the catcher. <laughs> so now it's two fifths. We're up to two fifths yeah. of the starting rotation. We just need three fifths, and then it's a majority. Yeah, well, and and we know that Davey Garcia likes likes throwing to Higgy because it was Higgy and Kratz and Kratz. Kratz. Well, both of them. They were both down there with him. So there's a comfort level there too. I'm sure. And right. Clark Who's Schmidt. More? Look, it's all the the writing's on the wall here. <laughs> <laughs> who's more who's more like uh okay you got Eric Kratz in the middle okay and then you got Higgy on one side and Gary Sanchez on the other side which one is more like each other it's Kratz and Higgy so all those guys who loved Kratz what? pop Kratz and they, and they go were in to, the minor uh, leagues with they they saw some yeah. minor league action with Higgy I think oh man uh, it's it's that's juicy Gar- Gary that's juicy better come right out there. swinging and actually making contact Speaking of Gary, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but uh, 
First, I wanted to touch on, so uh, Fangraphs has projections for 2021 standings. This is based on depth chart. It's it's based on uh, their projections for individual players, plus depth chart, plus a lot of different things. And they have the Yankees projected to have the best record in baseball with 98 wins. Um, that's three wins clear of the Dodgers with the second best record in baseball, followed by the Padres, followed by the Mets. And then the first team to appear in the American League is the Astros. Two Where do they have the Blue Jays? How much? <laughs> I'll pull oh, it so up. Not, okay. So, so uh, two things. How much do you think of these projections is based on what the Yankees have done this offseason, which is re-sign Britain and DJ, get Kluber, get Tyon, and how much do you think is it based on the fact that the American League has gotten weaker? Oh, well, I don't think the well the American League in general, but the American League East has. You know they've gotten weaker, but the Blue Jays adding George Springer now too. There's that's another um, you know big bat. It's a huge contract they signed him to. Blue Jays, Blue Jays are one. They're uh, one, two, three, four, How five, much? six, seventh behind the. No wait, sorry. Yeah, behind the Red Sox. Okay, so Fangraphs projections right. just lost all credibility. Yeah, fuck. That's how is that possible? Red Sox are adding some pitching, yeah. you know, Garrett Richards. They got the... Uh, so they, it, they, they, if you're just looking at American League teams, they have the Yankees number one, Astros two, Red Sox three, Blue Jays four, White Sox five, Twins six, Angels seven, Athletics eight, Rays nine, Cleveland baseball team, I-words 10. I thought we were calling them the Upper Deckers or something like that. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the Steamers, yeah. The... Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with the Red Sox uh, being where they're. No, they are. I don't. And I, and I don't. Sox I also either. don't agree that the. I still think that the Rays are going to be good. So, I, I don't. I have a feeling they're going to throw I, some, pull some shit out of their ass, and and they're going to have two more pitchers that are going to be very good. Do you think the Red Sox will have a better season? Excuse me, the Rays will have a, be, have a better season than the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. I think they'll be neck and neck with the Blue Jays. And and you're saying this because the Blue Jays added Springer, veteran, and they veteran have yeah, they have pitching coming to, up too. They have they have pitching that's that's good. They have re- that Springer contract's kind of crazy, it's isn't big. it? Six years, one fifty, yeah. highest contract in Blue Jay history. Yeah, it's a big contract. I, I I would not have paid that for Springer. I feel like that he's already on the wrong side of thirty. I mean, um, he's a good player. They, I mean, good good player, great player. I, I think they're, they're, he's a veteran. He's a veteran to that young nucleus and of I think players, that's a big which deal. is going to help. So they were going to sign. They were prepared to sign DJ LeMahieu. They needed mm-hmm. to add another bat to half of that money. I know, though. but they needed to add another bat. That's what they. I think they were just dead set on doing that to to surround their guys so that their guys were, you know, had a little bit of that pressure taken off. They were in on Brantley too, and you know what? I'm happy they didn't get Brantley. Brantley ended up signing for two years, $32 million, 16 AAV, which was actually less than I said I would have signed him for an RGM episode. But I feel like Brantley helps the uh, Blue Jays for the short term more than Springer. Yeah, You stick Brantley, sort of that just steady Eddie hitter at their number three spot, surrounding him with all those young, you know, Bo Bichette, Vlad Jr., all those guys. I feel like that's a scarier lineup than adding Springer to the top, at least for 2021. Maybe. Are you pitching around Brantley, though? Or are you pitching around Springer? Which one are you pitching around? If you had to, to pitch around one of them. I don't know that you're... I'm not sure you're pitching around either of them. Also, Springer's a leadoff hitter. But I just think Brantley could have a bigger impact on a lineup. Kind of like a DJ LeMahieu impact yeah, I on can a lineup. Because he doesn't, he doesn't strike out. Mm-hmm. Right? 
and and he's he's I just love I just love that in today's game I love the doesn't strike out but isn't just like a a a weak contact hitter like Brantley still will hurt you but he doesn't strike out. Yeah, I I think they're both additions and good additions for for that team, but I see what you're saying with Brantley. It it gives that steadiness to the lineup. I think Springer is a little bit more of an impact bat and that's why they uh that's why they added him there. Plus he's he's just a different type yeah, of guy. Yeah, the money man. says that. He's also freaking paid now. <laughs> Big time paid. But that, going back to the American League, I still think that the uh, um I still think that the uh that the the Devil Rays are going to be good. They're good still. That yes, they lost some pitching, but they're I'm telling you, they're going to come pull a, one of these bullpen arms out of their ass, turn him into a starting pitcher or some guy that we've never heard of, and the guy's going to he's going to shove I have no, I have little doubt to 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 think that they're not going to find something else or that they already have something up their up their sleeve. I, I really, I like, I, f- I would put a lot of money on it actually that they're gonna that they have someone all ready to go. Maybe two people. Oh, I think it's preposterous that Fangrass is projecting them to be the seventh best team in the American League. They will be better than the seventh yes. best team in the American just the way League. that they play, like how interchangeable they were last year. I mean, I don't know how much. It's it's just it's tough for me to to believe that they would um they would they would suffer that much. I mean, look at would Snell you put them, two years ago did not have a good year and they were still among the best. Like, do you would you put them third in the American League? I, I still think they're going to be tough. Won. I think the Yankees, the Yankees and the Rays series is going to be tough. I think it's going to be a battle still. I think that the Rays are going to be there closer to the end. It de- depending on how the if the Yankees pitching holds up, then they could they they could run away. But I mean. Does that ever happen? Does it ever happen where we have a runaway like this with this much uncertainty? No. And and also, I don't know how much weight this actually holds because this isn't this isn't like a an actual baseball stat, but the Rays kind of have the Yankees number. I mean, I don't even yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I see what you're saying, but I don't really believe that that much either because we went two years ago down to Tampa after the year before getting dominated and crushed them in Tampa as well. So it flips back and forth. I I don't really believe okay, that. But the, but the series was still close and the Rays, so the Rays played the Yankees tough in Yankee Stadium. I just feel I, like- I, I agree with you, you in you the play sense them that 18, they, tough, You play them 18 yes. times. You play them 18 well. times. It's going to be nine and nine. It's going to be 10 and eight. It's not going to be 14 and four. No, probably not. That's not the Orioles. And the Orioles even started putting up a fight last year. So the Orioles might be better than everybody thinks they are. I think the Red Sox are going to be worse than people think they are. 
There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, but also that. the Red Sox, the Red Sox could still hit. They still, like they if, still if, have some studs on JD, that side. If JD Martinez and Xander Bogarts and um, Devers, like th- those three hitters, they all have good seasons. They're going to score. And who a ton knows with Benintendi if he's still there? They, I mean, he could finally find what he's looking for. And then, uh, you know, they have they have other talent. They have talent. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. The other real quick, did Dustin agent- Pedroia retire yet, or is he still trying to like run on no knees? I don't know if he ever retired, but I don't think he's playing baseball again. Okay, he might still be under contract, to be honest. So that's why he hasn't retired. Yeah. Well, a- well so a- Brad situation. Hand signed. Brad Hand signed with the Nationals for one year, ten and a half million bucks. Uh, this is a move that I kind of wish the Yankees were willing to make and not worry about the luxury tax. One year. Ten and a half million bucks. You add another quality arm to the bullpen. One and done kind of thing. In a vacuum. In a, in, in a vacuum. It's the beautiful. Yankees were never going to do it because of the luxury tax. But don't you agree? Like that could have been a useful signing. Yeah. Could have gotten a lot more out of him probably than uh, Adam Adovino. <laughs> yeah, I saw another report that the Yankees are looking to dump Adam Adovino. Duh. They were. They, are, <laughs> they look like they were trying to dump it in the uh, Pittsburgh. Here you go. Take this guy too. Yeah. As if like he was your uh, boy. Pittsburgh. He was your boy. He was your big signing. He had a good first year. He had a great first year. He was just saying he well, he sucked in the 2019 playoffs. He was terrible at the end of the year. Then yeah. He's been broken. Yeah. That was your guy though. I I mentioned yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh I mentioned Gary Sanchez earlier. Pudge Rodriguez did a WFAN interview and he had some interesting Is comments. Is he coming on, out or something? Why Sanchez. is he talking to WFAN? To be honest, he had I something to say about Gary Sanchez. WFA. Hey guys, I got something to say about Gary Sanchez. Well, well, apparently they are. I played for the Yankees. I don't know that they're friendly. I don't want to say friendly, but they have talked and worked together a few times. But like Pudge is Puerto Rican and Gary's Dominican. Oh God, oil um, and water. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Like I, I at first I was like, oh, maybe they've got a Dominican co- connection. Then I remember Pudge Rodriguez is Puerto Rican. He's he may be the best Puerto Rican, one of the best Puerto Rican baseball players. Ever. Carlos Beltran says um, says no to that. Well, Carlos Beltran's a cheater. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> Pudge Rodriguez probably did a 
bunch of steroids when he was in Texas. All right. Pat Rodriguez said he doesn't enjoy baseball right now. It feels like he comes to the ballpark and it's a depressing thing for him right now. That's what I see when he's playing. I think he has too much pressure on himself. He's trying to do too much. I've talked to him a few times and he's very positive, but Gary plays in an organization and in a city where obviously you have to do a good job pretty much every night. He needs to breathe. He needs to relax himself. He needs to believe that he's a great player because now the mental part of his game is not there. He feels like everything else he doesn't have. Baseball is depressing for Gary Sanchez, says Hall of Famer Pudge Rodriguez. But Pudge Rodriguez is absolutely right. This is exactly what we've been talking about. This this, yeah. this is where it's falling short for Gary right now. It's the mental side of the game. He's got he's to gotta believe in himself. He's got all the God-given ability to mash the ball and he's got a you know a, a rocket arm he's got all of the abilities in the world that's why he's still on this team that's why the leash is so long with him he's got to get i've been saying this for years he needs a freaking sports coach he needs a a sports therapist like he needs someone just to like psychologist fix thank you he needs to fix the mental game to to see the field the uh what was it um i keep going back to this movie baseball no, bagger vance he has to see the field like block everything out See the is that field. the golf movie? Yeah, it's a it's a good golf movie. Uh, Will Smith, Caddy, uh, not Ben Affleck, the other one, Matt Damon. What am I thinking of? What's what's the one with Kevin Costner? I'm thinking of. Tin Cup. Movie called Tin Cup, where he hits the ball in the water like a hundred times at the end. Yeah, it's an amazing. It's a it's a great movie. Um, is Kevin Costner the best sports movie actor uh, ever? Does he have the best? Does he have the best sports movie on his IMDb page? He's got. He's got two Hall of Fame classic baseball movies in um, Field of Dreams and Bull Durham. He also has For Love of the Game, which is an underrated movie. He's got Tin Cup. He did Draft Day, which I haven't seen. Solid, but very different. Not It was entertaining. I'll say that. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, I think he's up there. I definitely think he's up there. He's, I okay. mean, Tin, anyway, Tin, Cup was, Tin Cup is one of these movies that's just... It's it's a phenomenal phenomenal movie. Um, I, I look he's got to he's got to figure it out in his in his in his brain, man. That's it. Like he's just got to get he's got to get to that good place. Get he's got to get to that happy place. He's got to go stand in front of a. <laughs> he's got to be like happy Gilmore. Yeah, he's got to he's got to imagine his grandmother in a field. Yeah, whatever it gotta, is, whatever that happy whatever that happy place is, Gary Sanchez needs to go there because. I, do you know in Happy Gilmore when uh, Shooter McGavin is like making out with his grandmother? <laughs> And stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I imagine in Gary in Gary's in Gary's like disturbed happy place is is just like Kyle Higashioka like making out with Gary's grandma. Oh, it's terrible. Or it's Joe Joe Girardi just being being militant and screaming at him. Look, I want Gary Sanchez to succeed because you know why? If Gary Sanchez is playing well, it's a very very good thing for the New York Yankees. And I'm a New York Yankees fan. <laughs> when Gary Sanchez is not you heard playing it here well, first, folks. When Gary Sanchez is not playing well, it's not good for the Yankees because then we all have to hitch our wagon to Kyle Higashioka. That's not the best thing in the world. Gary Sanchez is bar none the best catcher on this team. He just needs to show it now, and it's got to be it's between the ears so very much. And Pud Rodriguez, who clearly has a relationship with Gary Sanchez is just being, he's just doubling down on this uh, that we've thought for a long time and, and, uh, and proving it to be true. So it, it would just be so fantastic as a Yankees fan this year, if we didn't have to have the Gary Sanchez 
talks all season about if he's going to start, if he's going to not start, if Higgy can be the starting catcher, because that that's been going on for three seasons, whether it's Austin Romine or whether it's Kyle Higashioka. Like, I just don't, I'm so tired of having the conversation. I just want Gary, like you said, to play well so he can shut everyone up and we can just stick him behind the plate. Yeah. Four out of five days, give him his off day once a week. Maybe it's going to coincide with Garrett Cole's start every time, whether that happens or not. I just don't want to have to have the freaking debate. No, yeah, I would love Gary Sanchez to shut me up. Please shut me up. I don't want to talk about the struggles that you're having. I want to talk about the successes because they're way more fun to talk about. And you are you have all the talent. Now I'm speaking directly to him, apparently. All the talent in the world, Gary. Just shake so the shit out of him. Was, just uh, like, let's go. Come on, wake up. So I did a podcast we did the with uh, 161 Boys over the weekend. Uh, they were for the, the roll call episodes where they do like a quick 10, 15 minute episode on each guy on the roster. And Gary Sanchez came up um, and Murph had a good over under. Batting average for Gary Sanchez. Will he hit his weight, which is listed at 230? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I'm going for a big rebound year. Let's go uh 250 batting average. 250. If we're not, if we're not, yeah, we're gonna start caring about batting average. Let's let's care about it. Let's see. Let's see it. I say 250. I say he clears it. And I also say he he clocks in at um 220. Two, 215 maybe even. I, I could see him trimming down. Oh, you're saying Best weight shape wise? of his life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's They never the other- update. They never update weights though. Like guy will guy will lose like 50 pounds and they still list him at his old his old weight. Yeah, but we'll be able to tell. I feel like we those are see. never updated. We could see. Best shape uh, of his life. We'll, Andy, we'll know fast. Couple of more mailbags that we can get through pretty quick. So Andy Guzman says, "Hello guys, love the show. I'm a Colombian living in Chile." Now the question, do you think that all the moves Cashman is making after getting DJ back and staying under the luxury tax is because he's plotting one big trade? Who do you think it can be rather than that Bauer bitch? <laughs> Mike, so really what I want to say about this is because this was also made before, this was also sent before Tyon. Is Tyon, quote, one big trade? Do you consider this a one big trade? I mean, no, it's a trade. Yes, it's the it's the trade that's going to set us up for the season. I don't think there's anything more unless there's some roster shuffling around. But pitching-wise, like they have a lot of uh, spots filled right now. So I don't think that there's any more moves on the pitching side unless they go after a bullpen arm. But again, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think they're looking... It would have to be money out to do that. Right. But I think they're looking for depth right now. I think they're looking to the guys that they currently have, all these right-handed pitchers as well that you you were talking about, uh, the the Luis Gills of the world, the the, you know, these guys, one of them could potentially show up and, and be an addition to that bullpen at some point in the season. But I think they have enough right now to be going into the season with no issue. I really think that. And towards the end of the season, who knows? We might see Davey Garcia or Clark Schmidt in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's. I feel like one or the other. Do Well, do you think that if Clark Schmidt does not solidify himself in the starting rotation this year, do you think they would move him to the bullpen this year or do you think they'll just stick him in the minors to get him more starts and then have him come up 2022 as a starter? I feel I, like I think that, Garcia is more likely to shift to the bullpen yes, this year than Schmidt. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that Schmidt probably has a longer-term pedigree as a starter. Uh, all right. AP comes in with... Uh, he's fired up about something very specific about Major League Baseball. Hey guys, love everything you do for bringing Yankees fans together. Also, it's coincidentally, every mailbagger has complimented us, which I do like. 
wanted you guys to discuss if MLB could please identify what a check swing is. I think it's an epidemic in the league, in addition to bad strike zones, where there is an immeasurable line that a lot of first and third base umpires get wrong. They go by where the hitter's hands are in comparison to the strike zone, and we're all sitting here saying he didn't swing. It has ended many rallies and big moments in games. With the speed of these hitters' hands nowadays, I don't think that it's hard. With all the technology and rule changes we have for now, it would be added to be added to replay. Coaches can challenge if it's a swing or not, and they can look at it in slow-mo. This is a call they need to get right every time. It wouldn't take that much more time. I think oh God, it would think take, take a lot, lot more time because I feel like every inning, you agree every inning there's a questionable check swing? I don't know about every inning, but it, I mean, first of all, you'd have you have X amount of flags you could throw on the field, right? So check swing would just be like, okay, this one, that one, this one, that one. I mean, you'd wait for it. Hold on. Until are, the there, are there limits on challenges? I feel like that rule has gone out the window too because I feel like we never talk about, oh, they used up all their challenges. If they had the ability to challenge check swings, it would become preposterous if there was if that was not if that was not uh, policed. So yes, I, I think that is certainly a thing, especially in the context of this conversation. Look, I don't think it's as big of a problem as as AP thinks it is. To be honest, I I think it is clear. I think that if you, if you're if you if your wrist break, if you if you see that the break in the wrists, it's a swing. That's it. But also, a guy can move the bat all the way through the zone and not break the wrist because right. that happens too. Correct. Um, but usually it doesn't happen. Usually. usually it doesn't happen. I actually think this is something they get right most of the time. Umpires. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that I don't think it's a problem. I've never said like it, that it's a problem. And I don't think it should be added to the instant replay. It I don't Definitely we not. don't need another thing there. That's just that's gonna take Hell way no. too long. Um less replay, please. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. less less replay. So I, I you have know no, my issue with this is with really when don't. home plate umpire calls it. That's when I have an issue. I agree with Just that. Have unless it's so um, uh, unbelievably clear, then you should always ask uh, either first or third. Always. Just ask. Yeah. It doesn't exactly. hurt to ask. That's two people. Because I feel, I feel like the time that we get upset most, and the time players and coaches get up most, it's when the home plate umpire takes makes it into his own hands the, when he's got the worst angle. Yes, that not that, the base coach. I will, I will, base uh, umpires. I will agree with you on that one. I think that if Country Joe West is making that call by himself, sweating his eyes, he can't see a damn thing. He's barely standing up. He's making that call at home plate. That doesn't. That's not right. Ask. You tell me uh, on a July day when it's when it's 105 degrees out, like we had at one of our events in 2019. Country Joe West is just sweating out tequila from the night before. That man is not at, equipped to make a check swing call. <laughs> He's not equipped to be there in, in the first place at all. Did he retire yet? Is he done? He's got to be done, he's right? Like, he's like bush, bush light and ribs. I, yeah, that's true. Did he retire? He's, a, bu- he's not bush light. He's bush heavy. He's a bud heavy in bush ribs. Heavy. But I don't, uh, <laughs> I do not, I can, I'm, every year I'm walking in and like, is country Joe West still here? Oh my God, how? He literally fell on a guy. He do you fell think? On a guy. Do you think that umpires should have to go through physical training? Yes, they I do. Have to be able Why to pass physical course, training. Don't they have to do that in the NBA? They're running back and forth. Yeah, because like they have to keep up with the players. Yeah, yeah. Same with NFL. But guess what? Hockey, you should be able to be hockey refs are some of the best athletes. They're literally skating the entire time. They don't even get the breaks like players get. I mean, okay, Hot, you're like, gliding I'm on not, a, you're gliding on ice. I mean, let's let's not let's not go too far takes, here. It takes a lot of endurance to be out there the entire game. I know it does. I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't. 
I think the ba- I think hockey and basketball are probably two. Maybe soccer. I don't know. I don't know enough about soccer. To soccer too. How many? Yeah, are baseball. Them? You just stand there. Soccer. I would believe you got to run a lot. No. That's yeah. Well, soccer. I don't. It's slower, so you're like I don't know anything about the soccer. Time. Yeah, I don't even know. I no, I don't know anything about soccer. So maybe you're right. Maybe that maybe we've come to find out that the the soccer umpires or refs or whatever they're called run like 10 miles a game for all we know. It's possible. Country Joe S at the end of the day, if you can't get up off of a player that you have fallen on by yourself, <laughs> that is the first Without test. Help? That is the first test to say when you are literally trapping a player underneath you. That's it, man. That's that should be it. All right. right there. You're you're done. That's it for this episode. I think you and I are both in agreement on this tie-on move. We like it. We like it. We'll see where it takes this Yankees rotation. At least it's at least it's a move that isn't just hey, let's roll the dice on all of the depth we have in the organization. At least it's it's taking action, which I like. It might not work out, but at least I can't fault at this point in time the package that they gave up to me doesn't strike me as something that is an overpayment. So it's a good move. Um, before we get out of here, does this does this move, the Jamison Tyon move, make you feel better uh, about Corey Kluber being here now? Does it uh, does it help that no, one? Does it because like, make I still that think, one a little I still bit think more? Corey- no, I still think Corey Kluber expectations for me are about what Tanaka was the last two years. And to me, that's just not very, that's not good enough to be a number two pitcher in the playoffs. So I still think is Corey Kluber. I, this cha- does not change my opinion on Corey Kluber. Okay. I mean, I, I think what it does for me is it helps me because we're not now relying on him at, as much by any means. We have another guy, I mean, although injury sure. prone. So it's okay it, in that sense, yeah, but it doesn't change what Corey Kluber. No, could no, no. Give but him. it's but now, theoretically, now that we have Jameson Tyon again, assuming health, which is an annoying caveat that has to happen, but kind of have to. It's all upside for Kluber at this point, right? Uh, I guess the gamble. The so gamble is saying- now like, yeah, it's, we don't. It's not a depend, but we they can make sure that he's right. You know, into August, September, and now if we're seeing peak Kluber. Of for you know 2021 peak whatever that whatever that is we're seeing that at the end of the season now you have the ability to get to that point it's I don't know it's to me it's more upside like if it's not there it's like okay fine it's not there you know we have a couple other options potentially at least we have some options they have a lot of depth options actually and I feel like the the pitching depth we talk about Schmidt Garcia Montgomery Herman Domingo Herman. Um, and John, Johnny Lasagna and Michael King, those guys might actually factor more in the first half of the season than the second half of the season yeah. as far as the rotation Michael King goes. more than Lasagna. I really, really hope, and I think Lasagna is going to be one of those guys that they put into the bullpen full-time. Just stop messing with him for more stop than dicking one around two innings. Just, yeah. just, Throw him yeah, in there. Let, like, him be an, let him be a specialist. Let him dominate. He's got electric stuff. Let him focus on two pitches and, and master those two pitches. Yeah. That's what you're going to get from him. I agree. That's how you get value out of him. Tell Johnny Lasagna to follow Chad Green around like a puppy dog. Yes. And say, do everything that Chad Green does. Just do it in the fifth and the sixth inning and not the seventh and the eighth inning. Don, uh, see, I like, they're going to have to have someone. Uh, Tommy Canley's spot needs to get filled. Um, and I, I, I think that Lasagna has the Jonathan ability Holder's to do spot it. needs to get filled. They need somebody to come in and give up a, bra- a back breaking home run. All right, Nick Nelson's another guy. I like. I like. I like what I saw from him. <laughs> See back. I, I like what I saw from him. He reminds me of um, the kid from Breaking Bad, which I kind of like. He's like the you know he gives it a little bit of an edge there. 
So yeah, I like it. I think it's um, I think Nick Nelson could be another one of these 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 guys. And oh, don't forget, Luis Sessa dominating. Luis Sessa is definitely you love Luis Sessa. Luis Sessa's toolsy guy. A lot of pitches, good stuff here. I think he's going to come fifth and sixth inning. I think Lasagna actually has the ability to go one inning. Give me the seventh inning. All right. Appreciate you guys submitting your mailbag questions. Keep them coming, and we will talk to you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.